Are you ready to take control of your wealth and design the life you envision for yourself and your family? Welcome to Wealth of Insight with Austin Wittenberg from Wittenberg Wealth Partners. Austin guides you through the entire planning process to help you build a plan that seeks to protect your financial future. He empowers you with creative investment opportunities and planning ideas to help you understand and achieve your long-term goals. It's time to gain confidence in your financial future. Now, onto the show. Welcome back to the Wealth of Insight podcast. Today, we are joined by Sam Houle from Diversified Insurance, an IMA company. We're going to talk all things property and casualty insurance today. There's been a lot of changes in the real estate market and car market, all these things that people are paying to insure. So I thought it would make sense to have Sam on to talk about the types of coverage that people should have and you know how, how we should be thinking about this as the values have been changing recently. So thanks for joining us, Sam. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Let's take, I don't know, maybe 30, 60 seconds on the front end and just give a little background on yourself and how you got into the insurance space. Yeah, absolutely. So born and raised here in Salt Lake City, and uh, I attended the University of Utah, graduated in 2019, and was working part-time as an account manager here at Diversified on the personal lines, and went full-time after graduation. And I've been in the insurance industry for five years now, uh, solely working on uh, insuring home, property, and casualty for successful individual individuals and families. Great. And I think if I remember correctly, not too dissimilar from me, it's sort of a family business, right? Yes. So my dad is the president and CEO of the company, and he was one of the, the main founders. So our company has been in Salt Lake for just over 20 years. And last year, we partnered with IMA Financial Group to kind of give us a more national brand. Great. Perfect. Well, let's let's get into it here then. So, you know, this first part may be a little bit basic for people, you know, because it's required by law to have these things. I think most people are semi-familiar with the type of insurance and coverage they need to have. But so let's real quick just walk through a typical household. What are the types of property and casualty insurance people will have? Absolutely. Yeah. So a lot of people think, you know, it's basic home and auto, and it can get a little bit more complex than that. So for a lot of families, you need to consider what's going to be important to you if you ever have to file a claim. You know, how do you want your house to be covered? How do you want your house to be replaced? So there's terms such as replacement cost coverage or guaranteed replacement cost. Simply, replacement cost coverage is going to be a cheaper option where an example is if the shingles on your roof get damaged, they're only going to re- the insurance company will only replace those shingles. They don't take depreciation into account. Guaranteed replacement cost. They're going to give you the exact amount of money to replace your your roof if there is a total loss, even if it exceeds the amount of coverage that you have. It also gives you that option to rebuild in a different location if you need to, or a cash settlement option. So those are things you want to consider when buying insurance. You know, what type of option do you want to have if uh, there were going to be a total loss? And going as, as oh, go ahead, Austin. Well, yeah. So so that's the home. You know, so the home I think is that that key 
well, it's going to be the biggest asset people are going to insure, you know, the typical person's going to insure, right? Right. So making sure you're, you've got the right wording and that you know what, what you're getting, I think is critically important there. What about on, you know, so we've got the home, you know, the next is really vehicles or boats, toys, that kind of stuff. Do you, you know, do those kind of nuances apply there as well? Absolutely. Yes. So same thing with the autos, any recreational vehicles you may have, ATVs, razors, boats, you're going to want to make sure that you have the coverage amount where not only is the vehicle itself covered uh, in an accident, but the liability coverage too. You see a lot of injuries happening uh, in those types of accidents where it could be multiple cars in a crash. It could be someone who maybe is a doctor and has to perform surgery. And if they break their arm, you know, you could be liable for those types of events and you want to make sure that you have enough coverage limits that, you know, you're not going to have to blink an eye. You'll have peace of mind that uh, you're covered. Yeah. That is, you know, insurance. We always talk, you know, our clients have seen this pyramid that we talk about. That's sort of this pyramid for protections and their financial life. And the base of that is always going to be insurance, whether that's life insurance, right. Or this property and casualty insurance that is the first line of defense, even for higher net worth families who may have significant assets, you know, it still makes sense to make sure your coverages are at the right level just because, you know, you're just getting that leverage off of the insurance company. So, okay. So we've got the home, we've got the auto real quick, you know, I'll mention, I'll throw out umbrella coverage. That's something that, you know, I want to spend some time on later in the podcast, but I think that's really important that people have that additional, just sort of blanket coverage for those accident accidents and other things like you were mentioning. But I want to spend a just a second here, you know, you mentioned before we hopped on actually something I didn't even think about or consider, but sort of this new wave of cyber insurance. So let's talk a little bit about how that applies and for the average person where that may be a good fit. Absolutely. So everyone has smartphones, tablets, uh, smart TVs, smart homes, and it's very easy for hackers to uh, target people at their homes now and to commit cyber fraud or a cyber attack. And a lot of these larger insurance companies now, such as Chubb, Pure, Cincinnati, they have a coverage option, which is fairly inexpensive for personal cyber protection, which will cover you in the event of one of those cyber attacks. And one thing that Chubb does is, let's say you have a teenage a child who is a victim of cyberbullying, which is very common these days with every kid having access to social media for most of their most of the time. One of the things that Chubb will cover is paying for therapy for that child if oh, they if they need wow. to go for that. So that is one of the products that we always offer to our uh, clients. Some companies automatically include it. Uh, central insurance is one of them and pure insurance. They will include that coverage on their home policy automatically. That's really interesting. I hadn't really thought about that. Are you hearing the news? Oh, I don't know. I think Home Depot, maybe the, I, I, maybe I shouldn't throw companies under the bus here, but company X got hacked, stole all their stuff. They're paying out all this money, right? You think about companies having that insurance to cover that sort of liability on their end, but I hadn't really thought about it from the from a sort of personal standpoint and to your point if they're if they're paying for therapy from cyberbullying that's a pretty 
there, there could be a really broad application. And with, with the amount of time we all spend online these days, that's uh, something I'm going to have to have you look at my policy even. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be happy to. And well, and if you think about it, it's so easy to, you know, get a message from maybe it's a direct message on your Instagram or an email on a, and they'll say, Hey, click this link, follow here. And if you're not careful looking at where that email is coming from, or it looks le- legitimate, whether it's you or one of your kids, they can click on that link and it can be very easy to be a victim of that. I've seen even the smartest people with great common sense still fall for a phishing attack or a cyber attack. So. Yeah. How interesting. Yeah. That brings up then, you know, leads into sort of my next point, which is reviewing their policies. I see this all the time, especially with life insurance. It happens in the estate planning world with wills and trusts. People sort of put it in place a decade ago and they think, oh, I've got that. I'm good. But that the industry changes, the coverage changes, things like the cyber insurance, there's new new things. So how often are you reviewing your clients' policies or how often do you think people should be chatting with their agent and looking over their policies? Absolutely. So it's very easy for insurance agents and clients to become complacent, meaning you put together a policy for them, you find their solution, and you kind of check the box and forget about them. And that's very common in the industry. We strive to making sure that we are at least doing a yearly contact, but with most of our clients who buy cars and jewelry and houses more frequently, we're staying in a more frequent touch with them. And that's the thing you want to consider who your agent is and what type of availability they have. And I would say as a customer, if you don't know your agent personally, if you don't have their cell phone number or direct access to them, that could be a red flag. Uh, you want to make sure that you have a good relationship with your agent where, you know, if you're buying a new car, you can just text them and you're staying in touch with that and that they're at least doing a, when your policies renew each year, that they're giving you uh, a heads up saying, hey, this is what's changed. This is a new product that we recommend. This is what's happening in the industry. Uh, but having that type of relationship is going to allow your agent to you know, maybe shop around for new policies, give you recommendations on if you should increase your deductibles or coverage limits. Uh, but yeah, so to answer your question, Austin, at least a yearly review. And I think it's probably intuitive to people with, hey, I just bought a new car, got to talk to my agent, get it switched out. And people are doing that more frequently with their home you know, they're not typically not moving as much as you're changing cars, I guess. So, um, and I think right now what we're finding with clients is this sort of recent real estate boom that we've had. And with values increasings, most people we're finding are underinsured on their home because they haven't been reviewing the policy. They haven't kept the their coverage limits inside of their policy up to date with the current value of their home. You know, so how do you go about setting the right amount? Let's, let's, I guess, speak specifically to home insurance here for a minute, but are you finding that same thing where you're having to go to clients and update their policies because their homes may have appreciated so much? And if so, how are you going about setting the right number? Absolutely. So 
Yeah. When it comes to finding the right amount for coverage on your home, there's a few things to consider. Market value isn't as important as you may may think because the value of your home for insurance is based on reconstruction and replacement costs, what it's going to cost to rebuild the right. home, not necessarily how much it's worth. Uh, you know, you could have a beachfront house in California that you pay 20 million for, but that house may only oh, cost. How did you know I had one of those? <laughs> <laughs> Don't you have a few of them? Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but in this market right now, we are seeing the uh, materials and inflation and cost of labor, all of that is increasing. So a lot of homes are underinsured in, in that regard. So that's where that guaranteed replacement cost coverage comes in. Uh, what we do with, uh, with new clients is we, right now we're pricing anywhere from 350 per square foot to you know even up to 500 per square foot to rebuild a home. So we'll do an, uh, a really good estimate, a replacement cost estimator to get an accurate amount. And then insurance companies usually perform a in-home inspection shortly after you go with a new company and they'll have an appraiser go out and inspect the home and make sure that the coverage amount is accurate. And that guaranteed replacement cost, let's say, let's say you insure your home for $2 million and it renews the next year. Now it's 2.1 million. Um, You haven't really done a review and there ends up being a total loss in the market and all the cost for labors, it's actually going to cost you know two point five million to rebuild your home rather than that two point one that you recovered at. Being on the guaranteed replacement cost and with a company like Pure AIG or Chubb, they're going to pay up to that two point five million. They so will still cover that, which is a huge advantage to have and being with a company such as one of those. Is there a you know a limit to that? Now, let's say you bought your home for 500000 but now all of a sudden it's doubled in value to a million, but you didn't update your policy from when you bought it. So, you know, it's there, it's, you're only really insuring half the cost. You know, do they, are they still on the hook for that? Or is it still critical to make sure you're staying on top of, you know, at least keeping it somewhat close? Yeah, that's going to be situation based. You're going to want to make sure you're still being somewhat close. If, if you're insuring a home for five hundred thousand, uh, as a broker, you want you should be doing a better estimate that if it's actually going to be one million, you have it close to there. But again, if you're with a really good company like some of the ones I've mentioned, you know that's something that the claims adjuster and the policy will probably still cover. Be close enough. Okay. Yeah. You know, and I, I'm glad you mentioned jewelry earlier as things to insure because I want to spend a second here on pitfalls I've seen, and I'm sure you've got some, you know, good pitfalls or horror stories. But I think most people think, oh, jewelry or stuff that's in the home is just sort of covered by the home, your home insurance. That was something I had to learn with wedding with a wedding ring. That hey, if if you want specific coverage just for this wedding ring, we got to get insurance for that outside of just your typical things. So how do you approach collectibles, uh, jewelry? I don't know, maybe it's art, you know, and cause you know, like I said, I think most people just assume, Hey, it's in my house. It should be covered. Right. Yeah. A lot of the clients we work with and a lot of individuals just in general, 
where you get your home policy, you see the contents coverage, and let's say, okay, I have 500,000 of contents coverage. And you think, yeah, that's accurate. What people don't realize, though, is uh, because they'll think, yeah, my my wedding ring is $20,000. That's going to be covered in that 500,000. Well, if you lose your wedding ring, and that's the only claim you're filing, a lot of the policies, there's going to be a limit. And they'll say, okay, you lost your wedding ring, but the limit for jewelry on your policy is 2,500 or 5,000 or 10,000. Uh, so that's the amount you're going to get back for that specific ring, which is not enough. So one of the things we, we mentioned to our clients saying, hey, if you have an item of jewelry or fine art and the value is over $10,000, let's specifically schedule those. Let's get appraisals done. And we'll work with a professional appraisal team that's recommended by the insurance company itself that they are partners with. And we'll make sure we have the right value for that piece. So if anything happens to it, even in a total loss, let's say you have, you know, 10 pieces of art, all over $10,000, and there's a total loss and that 500,000 will not only cover all of your contents, but you'll be able to specifically go to your policy and say, Hey, I have this piece of art from this local artist. This was the value and you'll be covered for that piece. Yeah. I, I think that's a really important thing that I, I wanted to make sure to mention, because I, I can just picture people either, lo- you know, losing jewelry certainly is, you know, probably the biggest thing that happens, but, or if, you know, your kitchen catches on fire and burns some stuff down, but if those things aren't specifically listed, you may not get that full full value back. Yeah. Um, and, and a lot of those pieces have sentimental value, right? It's not just, I mean, you're paying that much money for a piece of art or jewelry item. You're going to want to make sure that you're getting compensated for it as best you can. And we had a client who uh, they unfortunately had lost their uh, a pair of their earrings. And the amount for these earrings was actually about 350000 And uh, the insurance company wrote them a check, covered them. And fortunately, the other good part of the story, this client ended up finding those earrings. Uh, So they replaced, they found their original pair and they they returned the claim and returned the check back to the insurance company, which was great on their part with that Mm -hmm. integrity. But that's a great example of, Hey, if you're, you're spending money on jewelry and fine art, you never know what's going to happen to that item. And you want to make sure you're getting compensated for it. Yeah. Well, and so the last piece here then, and I think that segues perfectly because the company that you're with, I think is really important, right? To a certain extent, property and casualty insurance is a commodity. Like I mentioned earlier, you got to have it by law. So everybody needs it. And there's a lot of options out there. And you see commercials all the time for different companies advertising, hey, you know, we're saving you X amount of dollars per year by switching to us and a lot of that kind of stuff. But we've really started to see when you actually, you know, saving money on your premiums all good and well until you have to actually file a claim. And when you file the claim, you want to make sure you got a company that acts fast and is on, you know, on your side, so to speak, right? The insurance company obviously is going to want to 
keep as much money, keep as much of their money as they can. But you know, we've really seen a difference in different companies that clients work with and the level of service they get through that claim process. So, you know, what do you see out there in terms of the with the variety of companies and just the importance of that insurance company and maybe pitfalls of going for the absolute cheapest option? Yeah. And I'll share a story for a prospect I had who became a client and he had sent me his current policies for us to review and again, get new quotes for him. And he was about 50% underinsured on his primary home and a rental property he had. And we were able to get him a great policy, great proposal with where all of his policies were now consolidated with one company, one effective date, much more organized, right amount. Was he paying more? Absolutely. And one of the things we noticed while we were looking at his policies, we said, hey, on this apartment where his daughter and son-in-law were living, they were newlyweds and they had moved into an apartment. He was covering it. Said, hey, you only have $20,000 on personal property coverage. There's no way that, that that's a, enough. And we increased it to 80000 We He said, you know, there's probably about 80000 worth of contents in that apartment for them. Well, within a year, that apartment complex, a fire had started. You know, it wasn't our client's fault. It was, uh, I can't remember how it started, but uh, the fire sprinklers turned on in the apartment. The apartment building didn't burn down fully, but there was smoke damage and water damage inside our client's apartment. Well, the claim turned out to be $30,000 on contents coverage that needed to be replaced, which the insurance company, which was Central Insurance, they covered all of that. And if the client had been with their previous company at the 20,000, they would have had, a, they would have only gotten 20,000 back on their contents and would have had to spend 10K out of their own pocket on replacing their belongings. And you think of being a newly wedded couple, you have a lot of sentimental items in that sure. apartment. So it was good to be with a company that not only acted fast, but they had the financial strength to pay it, pay that claim out for them. Yeah. And I think that becomes really important. I know in Utah, and I'm sure this applies in other places as well, but there are some more local or regional firms who have really great prices, but they don't necessarily have the the same financial position as some of these larger firms. So if there is you know, in Utah, we don't need to get too sidetracked on earthquake insurance and that kind of stuff, right? Those are you know additional coverages. But in Utah, or if there's a big natural disaster and you're with a smaller company who doesn't have the same type of financials, you know that some of those things could come into play where they're just not ready to absorb that type of loss. Yeah, and one thing on that, Austin, which this is kind of a pro tip for those listening: ask your broker or agent what the AM best rating is for your insurance company. That's something that pretty much only people in the insurance industry know and care about, but uh, you want to make sure that your company has at least an A or an A plus, which means they're going to have great service and financial strength to, to help out on claims. Anything lower than that, you're going to want to ask your broker or agent to, to shop you around. That is a good tip. 
Okay. So we've talked about home insurance. We've talked about car insurance. Uh, we did some stuff on jewelry and cyber. The last thing though, and this is the thing that we pound the table for the most, and it's really comes at, from what we've seen, a pretty negligible cost, but is adding that umbrella insurance. An umbrella insurance, I'll, you know, I'll say what I think it is. I guess you can correct me if I'm wrong, but basically it's, you know, that umbrella, it's this just sort of global coverage across um, your home and auto and things that if there is an accident that goes above your limits, then this umbrella, umbrella insurance kicks in to fill in the gap. And it seems like for, you know, you can add a million dollars of coverage in an umbrella policy. I don't know, for 10 or $20 a month, it seems um, that can just give you an additional layer of protection. So how critical do you think the umbrella policy is? Is that something you're recommending to, uh, for your clients? So you nailed it right on the spot, Austin. That's exactly what the umbrella does. And I think it's very critical. And I would say 95% of our clients have an umbrella. Uh, some choose not to. We offer every time. And how I like to explain it to clients, I say, you know, with insurance, there's a few things you can do. You can avoid, uh, you know, like if you're scared of an auto claim, you can just avoid it. You cannot ever get in a car and completely avoid the risk of being in an accident and having an auto claim. You can self-insure and just say, you know, I'm going to take the risk myself, or you can transfer the risk to the insurance company. And I'm an advocate for, hey, live your lifestyle you want to live, but let's make sure you're covered. So clients who have these massive homes that love to have family and friends over for pool parties or watching the game, or especially around Christmas time where there's going to be the risk of having slip and falls on ice. Hey, your friends may slip and fall or get injured at the pool, slipping and falling. And they're your friend. They may not want to sue you for, um, you know, X amount of money, but if they have to go to the hospital and file a lawsuit, get a lawyer involved, that lawyer or attorney, they're going to say, well, Hey, so-and-so is executive of this company. (laughs) Yeah. The lawyer's not your friend. And they're going to make sure that their client is getting the compensation they deserve. So my thing is, is, Hey, have the party, enjoy the party, invite people over, but what can you do to mitigate the risk from anything happening? So let's, you know, put salt on your driveway and sidewalk, uh, shovel it, and have the liability insurance that you need. And umbrella limits start at a minimum of 1 million and can go up. We have companies that will go up to 100 million on an umbrella uh, policy. And I would say most of the time, depending on the net worth, you don't need more than 10 or 15 million. You don't see claims exceeding those limits very often. And that's one of the things we do for our clients is we give them options. We say, hey, here's the 1 million, 5 million, 10 million option. We think a 5 million would be more accurate for you and like your assets, your net worth and your earning potential. But as you mentioned, Austin, it's going to be that kind of global liability coverage that's over your home and auto policy or watercraft, even on a boat, it's going to protect you there too. Yeah. You know, like it, it can be the littlest thing. Um, you know, we've had stories of, I don't know, dog bites or you're jumping on the tramp and somebody breaks an arm or like you mentioned, slipping and falling at the pool or in the driveway or whatever. There's so many 
little things that can happen and that number can add up pretty quickly, you know, and you get into maybe car accidents, just a little fender bender, uh, your, your car insurance probably is going to be fine there. But if there's multiple cars and serious injuries or even death, right, that number can get big really quick. And so adding that just global coverage as sort of the, the backstop we think is really, really important. Absolutely. All right. Well, I think I've got through everything I wanted to get through today. Sam, where can people find you, hear from you, connect with you? Yeah. So I use LinkedIn a lot. If you just search Sam Hool, H-O-O-L-E, or uh, you can email me at sam.hool at diversifiedinsurance.com. I'm happy to do a comprehensive review of your policies, looking at your coverages, give recommendations, get you new quotes. Our team has capacity to, to do that and help you out. Great. Well, thanks for coming on, Sam. If you have any questions or you'd like to learn more, please check out our website at wittenbergwealth.com or you can text me at 801-839-7056. Please remember to subscribe to the Wealth of Insight podcast and share with your friends and family. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Wealth of Insight podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. Securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA SIPC. Investment advice offered through Stratos Wealth Partners, a registered investment advisor. Stratos Wealth Partners and Wittenberg Wealth Partners are separate entities from LPL Financial. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Wittenberg Wealth Partners. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.